0: Welcome to the Restoration Living Podcast with our host, military chaplain and spiritual care director, James Johnson. With so many voices in this world fighting for our attention, it's easy to believe that we aren't good enough, that our past will always haunt us, and that we will never measure up. But the voice of God is telling us that we can live a life of restoration in Him. Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to let our past decisions determine our present peace. Instead, He wants us to find that life of restoration in Him. So grab your Bibles and join us as we dig into God's Word to discover timeless truths and proper application for our lives today. One of the greatest musicians and and most well-known entertainers of the 1900s was Johnny Cash. and I remember growing up listening to his music. He was, you know, somebody that was very popular in the country music scene growing up. And the uh, old joke when I was learning to play guitar was that if you could learn three chords, you could play every Johnny Cash song because he didn't write super complicated music, but man, it was catchy. And he really captured the spirit of a generation. And, And then the movie that was made about his life, one of many, but the one that uh, was really popular, Walk the Line. There's a quote where they talk to Johnny Cash and they say, you know, he's all dressed in black. And they say, well, you know, you look like you're going to a funeral. And he says, well, maybe I am. (laughs) right? And that's not 100 percent, you know, known to be something that he said. But there's no doubt that Johnny Cash was known as the man in black. And when people would ask him about it, he would talk about how it was something that meant something personal to him. And eventually, he would write a song called Man in Black that explains why he wears it. And the lyrics in different parts say things like this. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black, why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down, living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the times. And he goes on throughout the song talking about why he wears the color to stand up for those who are beaten down and oppressed by society and by the government. And he ends the song by saying, ah, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day and tell the world that everything's okay, but I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back till things are brighter, I'm the man in black." And he did this to be an outward symbol of his inner feelings, right? That was the, the goal of him wearing black and it became something he wore to, that stood for his feelings and his stance for those that couldn't speak for themselves. It was an outward sign of his inner feelings. When we look at this idea of fasting, and that's what we're going to talk about today, it's not something that's very common in our modern American sensibilities. We're just, we're creatures of comfort. It's very out of the ordinary for somebody to miss a meal especially to miss a meal on purpose why because people who miss meals must have money problems they must have supply problems they must not have food to eat if they give up a meal if they miss it right but the idea of giving it up on purpose is very radical it's very abnormal and so when we talk about fasting, even for me, because I'm a guy who likes his food, to, to quote my grandfather, I like my groceries, right? that having you know, regular food is, is something that is, is good for your body. It's something that God intended. But we also see that throughout history, giving up meals in order to make more time for prayer and dedication to God became something that was trendy. And in the time of Jesus, it was something that became something very much a show to show other people what you were doing and your piety, your dedication to God. In the same way that Johnny Cash wore black for everyone to see what he stood for, the religious leaders and, and very you know people that were very hypocritical in the time of Jesus's earthly ministry, would, they would fast and they would make sure everybody knew it so they could see how holy and how dedicated to God that person was, right? If you haven't noticed, as we've been going through this section on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're gonna pick up where we left off in Matthew chapter six, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there as we kind of remember the context as Jesus has been going through the Sermon on the Mount, right, the manifesto of the kingdom to teach us about his kingdom culture, We've been learning that Jesus is bringing a kingdom that would overturn the system, right? And everything Jesus has been teaching on, the goal is to get things back to the original purpose of why God gave commandments and directions to his people in the first place. Why did God set certain practices and put them in place for the people in order to get them to be separated from the sinfulness of the world and have them drawn to the holiness of God but as we've been going through these last few sessions we've been talking about the three practices of Jewish religious piety we talked first about the giving of alms right of charity not the the tithe that we that we give to church as part of the command of God that we do that that God wants us to be givers because he's a giver right and that we recognize that we are stewards of the things God has given us, that we don't actually own anything, and we talked about how the idea of giving—our our, we give money—and it's a uh, we show people, you know, who God really is, and, and by the way we live. But we balance that by not doing things in public for our own glory. And the same thing we talked about that with with our charity in our giving is the same with our prayer that yes there are times to pray publicly we say blessings on meals as a military chaplain i get invited to say invocations for ceremonies very often or at funerals there are appropriate times for public prayer but last time we talked about how the religious leaders in jesus day and other hypocritical jewish people would make sure that they prayed often in public so that people would applaud them so that they would be seen as holy and dedicated to god and we've been camping on this idea that god cares a lot more about our hearts than what we do with our hands he cares more about the state of our hearts than what we do with our hands that god sees inside of us in our hearts and in our minds and our intentions for doing the things we do you see you can do the right thing for the wrong reason we talked a couple of uh, episodes ago on this idea of toxic charity that's so prevalent in the church and has been obviously since jesus's day that people would do good things acts of kindness but they would do it to receive their applause from men that, that you know things like you know yeah i did this wonderful thing let me take a selfie let me post it on social media let me get the applause and we can do that in balance right that there are plenty of reasons to share the good things we do as long as our heart is in the right place if we do a wonderful mission trip And we go help people. If we are are doing food distributions or soup kitchens, working in in, uh, homeless shelters, all of those things are wonderful programs to tell people about. But when we share, what's our heart, right? God cares about our heart, not just our hands. And so we talked about the first two of the three acts of Jewish piety. We talked about charity, and we talked about praying. And today we're going to finish up this section by talking about fasting. Well, what do we mean by fasting? Because it's a very abnormal, it's not something we do regularly. And throughout the history of the church and the and the Jewish faith that Christianity was born out of, right, that God restored the faith and relationship uh, through Jesus and took what was originally given to the Jews and then connected the Gentiles to it through the church, right? The church is the vehicle, it's the, it's the power source for the community in the christian life but fasting is this idea of giving up meals giving up food to dedicate time to god you see in our day and age eating is not a complicated process like it was back then it's very easy to swing by a store and buy a prepackaged item of food Maybe it's a candy bar, maybe it's a protein bar, maybe it's a, you know, a sandwich, you can get all kinds of things very quickly. And fast food, right? All kinds of things you can go whether you're healthy or unhealthy, you can get food very quickly. You can also pre-make meals, you know, people um, are are very into in this day and age meal prepping that you start on, you know, a Saturday or Sunday night, you cook a whole bunch of food and you you measure it out and pre-package it so you can just grab and go and you don't have to actually make the food on the spot. But in Jesus's day, this was very uncommon. Unless you were a soldier in the military or you were on a trip, you usually wouldn't make any kind of food that needed to last a long time. Most things like bread and the, and the picking of vegetables and the butchering of meat, those things were done for the immediate meal. And people would spend large portions of their day cooking meals that you know, pretty much when you woke up in the morning, you'd start making breakfast. And then when you finished breakfast, you'd start thinking about lunch and then the, you know, the afternoon meal, and then you would think about the evening meal, that this would take time and effort and energy that we don't really have to worry about now. And so what fasting would do is if you said, you know what, we're going to give up our afternoon meal or our evening meal, and we're gonna dedicate that time to God, then you could spend those hours that would be dedicated to preparing a meal and spend that in prayer and study and reflection. So when we talk about fasting, that's the first idea is the giving up of resources and the sacrificing of that meal to God and and giving time for prayer. But there was a second part of it too, that whenever, people were, you know, if you look in the, the law of the Old Testament, right, the, the law of Moses, then there's only one place where the people of God are commanded to fast, right, to give up that, that time, and it was during Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. We find that in Leviticus, you know, chapter 16 and chapters 23, and we also see this come up again in Numbers chapter 29, that on the Day of Atonement, people will not do any work and cooking was work right it would take all day to make meals and so to give up this work and this effort meant not eating in order to not work and so when they did this they were dedicating that time to God but as this became more and more of a practice people started adding extra fast throughout the year and they would take certain days of the week and fast and they would fast all day from sun up to sundown and they would have meals then and a lot of um, traditions within both the jewish and the islamic faith come from this idea of during the day while the sun is up you don't eat um and then in the evening when the sun comes down you would eat meals and it almost ends up becoming kind of like a a excuse to, to celebrate and party so like during You know, these religious holidays when I was in the Middle East and when I've worked with um, people who are Islamic during the month of Ramadan, they will not eat or drink while the sun is up. And with my soldiers, I've had to be very careful and and, and teach leaders and, and supervisors about this because you know these people are not going to come up and say, hey, by the way, because I'm not eating or drinking, I don't need to be given hard tasks for the day. But I would remind you know, supervisors to say, hey, you don't want to give this soldier a lot of outside work because they're not going to drink water during the day when the sun is up because of their religious practices. And so you know, I would help key the, the leadership in on this idea. But the reason they're doing it is not to, to, to look so great and wonderful. It's part of their dedication to God. And as this went on, additional things were done that fasting became part of the mourning practices, that when people were upset, they would rip their clothes because clothing was, was very precious. It was, it was something that took a lot of work. Clothing was very expensive during the most of history, right, until the Industrial Revolution. You had to make clothes by hand and so to rip your clothing was man it was a a huge noticeable thing people would realize wow your clothes are torn and the other reason this was done is when people would add to this they would wear sackcloth burlap the 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 rough material made for making sacks that would be durable to to carry you know produce and and things you would you know grain and, and and wheat that would be used for from the harvest to make bread and all of these kinds of things. That sackcloth burlap is very rough, and it, to take this and make shirts and, and out of and and, and um, you know tunics out of sackcloth, they would wear it under their clothing. And so when you were in mourning, you would rip your clothes, and people would see not only are your clothes ripped, which would draw attention, they would also have sackcloth under their clothes and people could see the sackcloth then. And then they would add another layer to this. They would cover themselves in ashes. And this idea is that, that it was a remembrance of death that, that in Genesis, that's what you know, God tells Adam as part of his punishment, that you were made from dust and you will return to dust, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust is the familiar liturgy at funerals. We say that on Ash Wednesday, right? That we put, you know, the sign of the cross in ashes on people's forehead. Why? To remind us that one day we will die and we become dust, we become ash again. When people are cremated, you know, that the ashes would be, you know, something that would remind us that when people die, right, we, we go back to dust again. And so people would sit and they would have ripped clothes, they would be wearing sackcloth, they would be covered in ashes and it would be an outward sign of their inner struggle. But what happened is that people began to take this religious practice, just like charity, the giving of alms and praying, and they twisted it into something that gave them the glory, that gave them recognition, that people would see them fasting with their ripped clothes or the wearing of sackcloth or the ashes on their head, right? That would dry out their hair, that would that would make their skin dry. They would not take care of themselves. Many times they would, you know, You know, not bathe, they wouldn't wash themselves, they wouldn't shave, all of these things that would normally be done. Why? Because they were in mourning. And we see this in so many different places, it would be impossible to name all of them. But one of the probably most, um, you know, described portion is when in, in the book of Daniel, when Daniel recognizes how sinful the people had become. That Daniel, you know, puts on sackcloth and ashes and writes about his mourning to the people. Right. And we see this, you know, that that you know, in Daniel chapter 10, where he talks about this, he said, you know, that I didn't eat any choice food, you know, and he, that he did not, um, you know, allow himself to be consumed with these things. And you know, We see this also, you know, in places like Samuel and, and, and Ezekiel and um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, all of these people talk about the, the fasting people went through. We even see this in the book of Jonah, that when the, the people of Nineveh, the Assyrians, when they recognized their sin. And they said, well, we don't, you know, we don't deserve, you know, for God to forgive us and to and to show us mercy, but that's what we're seeking. And they wore sackcloth and they covered themselves in ashes and they mourned and wept for their sins to show their repentance. And God heard that, right? And so the the, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, among many others, would not only get this you know recognition from their giving of their charity and not just for their public prayer but also by the public recognition of their fasting and so we pick up in matthew chapter 6 where we left off talking about the same pattern right in verse 16 of matthew chapter 6 let's read that together now that we've kind of set uh, this, this big, long context to understand fasting and why it would be such a public big deal in the life of a Jewish person, look at what Jesus had to say about fasting. He says, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Now, Jesus follows the same pattern. He does it three times, right? And this is something that Jesus would do. He would follow patterns when he taught in different places to get a rhythm for people to memorize it because they didn't have the ability most people couldn't write down things like we do in you know church services today when the pastors or Bible teachers teach lessons and give sermons we can write down type things on our phones put them on our tablets put them in our journals to study them and reflect on them later we even have the blessings of recordings and podcasts and CDs to be able to go back and listen to them multiple times The average person could not do that, so the teachers would say things in a memorable pattern and would repeat things multiple times in different ways to get their point across. Jesus follows the same pattern that he did for charity and prayer. Here when he talks about fasting, he says the hypocrites do things publicly. You don't do what they do. They do things publicly. You need to do this in private. He says comb your hair. Wash your face. The idea would be that People would take olive oil, and yes, olive oil was used for a lot of purposes. That's why it was super precious in Jesus' day. And one of the things they would do to fight against the, the, the dryness and the lack of humidity in the desert is they would you know, put olive oil when they would come in from walking and traveling and working, that they would comb olive oil into their hair to moisturize it. They would rub it into their skin. You know on their feet and hands especially in their face after they wash them that it would be something to you know to anoint themselves to restore that moisture back into their skin that had become dried out And so Jesus is saying, hey you know when you do this don't don't cover yourself in ashes don't don't let your hair go unbrushed and your face go unwashed you know't make sure that people it should just be a normal day to everybody else but to you, you do your fasting in private do it so that only your heavenly father knows and he says this he says once again the reward they will get remember these the, we translate these two different um greek words into the same english word for reward the first one is talking about the the wages they will get right their payment for their public you know piety and their public holiness is their admiration from people but the private justice, right? This is not a the reward for reward. Here's not talking about a paycheck. It's talking about God making things right and compensating us. And one of the things that, that, that I like to think about it this way is that the first one is a, is a paycheck. When I do what I'm supposed to do, I get a paycheck at my job, right? But man, when I do things... In private, I go above and beyond, right, that nobody notices. You know that, that I get an extra blessing. I may not get the money I spend or the time I spend back, but I get a blessing of knowing that I went above and beyond and invested in other people or invested in the institution and the mission we stand for. You see, that's the idea of what Jesus is saying: is you may not get a paycheck, right? You may not get it immediately. You see, when I work. And I end the day, especially at that, that, in that time of Jesus, you got paid every day. At the end of every day, whoever you worked for would give you that denarius, and a denarius was worth one day's work. So whatever job you did, maybe you worked in the, in the, in the fields harvesting, maybe you worked in grinding flour, maybe you worked making wine, whatever your job was as a, as a carpenter, whatever. You're, at the end of the day, you would get paid a denarius. That's your wage for what you would get. Right? I, I get a paycheck for doing my job. But going above and beyond, may not I may not get paid back money for that, I may not get comp time back for it, but what I will get is a blessing, an internal reward. And that's what Jesus is telling me, he said, you're getting this, this, this internal reward from God, and even as he talks about here in, in the next section, when I'm not, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, Jesus is going to talk about storing up treasure in heaven eternal blessings, eternal reward, not that we're going to be, you know, given, you know, treasures and and actual, you know, true like compensation physically, right? It's not like one day when I'm uh, in in heaven that God's going to give me, you know, gold then, right? He's not going to give me extra then, but it's that knowledge that my my heavenly treasure, is very different. It's it's the knowledge that I helped someone, that I blessed someone. That will be my payment, right? And so as we talk about this, how do we balance this? Well, the first thing that Jesus says is he, just like the the same thing with the, the giving of charity and the saying of prayers, Jesus assumes this is part of our religious life. He assumes that his followers are going to give out of charity. He assumes they're going to pray. And the same thing is here is when you fast, and he says that twice, when you fast. So the expectation is that we should do this. And I got to tell you, I don't like fasting. I just don't. I like my food. But the reality is in our day and age to give up a meal is really not going to give us that much time. It's not the same as in Jesus's day where giving up, making a meal may get me hours in return that instead I say, you know what, I want to fast so that I can make time in my day. It doesn't have to be just food. As I record this, we are in the season of Lent preparing for Easter and people during Lent traditionally have sacrificed for the 40 days of Lent leading up to Easter, they give up something maybe they give up chocolate maybe they give up caffeine maybe they give up you know their lunch maybe they give up you know watching you know tv at night something like whatever it is to make time to spend with god so fasting doesn't have to be just food but that's traditionally been what it is it's an outward sign of an inward you know something we're doing to an inward connection and one of the reasons why you know this was something that was very contested is jesus and his disciples rarely fasted you know, if we see this in um in Matthew uh, chapter Eleven, when you know people, you know Jesus is talking about comparing himself to John the Baptist, and he says that, you know when John came, John didn't come eating and drinking. John spent a lot of time fasting. He ate you know bugs and honey, that, that but he didn't spend a lot of time having grand meals. John's disciples, John the Baptist, his disciples fasted very often. You know, they didn't eat very often at all. They would just eat from time to time. They lived out in the desert, in the wilderness. And so, you know, Jesus is saying, hey, you're complaining about both of us, John and his disciples. Man, they were super pious. They gave up a lot of earthly pleasure to get heavenly gain, and you complained about that. They said, oh, you're an extremist, right? But here I come, and Jesus is talking about himself. Jesus says, you know, that the Son of Man is feasting, right? And, and partying, and, he, and you're complaining about that too. And he says, you know, it's like children in the market that they played wedding songs and you didn't dance, and played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. He's saying that you just can't be made happy. But Jesus actually, you know, in Matthew nine gives some clarification on this. And Jesus says, you know, in, in um, Matthew chapter nine, when John's actual disciples come and say, "Why don't you your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do?" Jesus tells them in verse fifteen of Matthew chapter nine. He says that. Um in verse 15 he says, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. And he goes on to say, Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger hole than before. And he says the same thing about wine, new wine, and old wineskins. The idea is that this is new. And so Jesus is saying that that there's a time and place for all these things. That in the in God's kingdom, it's not about outward signs of showiness. That whether it's charity, whether it's prayer, whether it's fasting, when we do these things, we do it to connect with God and to strengthen our relationship. You see, it's not about sacrifice. Man, it's all about connection. It's not all about giving up so that others will celebrate us. It's all about giving up so we can reconnect with God. So as we finish this section, man, what? how do we land the plane, right? How do we wrap this up to move into the next part of the Sermon on the Mount? Well, we need to recognize that Jesus wants his followers to do things to connect with God. He wants us to be givers. He wants us to pray. He wants us To sacrifice the things that make us busy to reconnect with God but he doesn't want us to do it for outward signs of an outward recognition he wants us to do it for a deeper connection with our Heavenly Father that we don't do things in order to get recognition we do it for reconnection because here's what can happen we can get busy we can get so busy building up our kingdom that we forget about others. So God wants us to give out of our overflow to be, to have charity, to give alms. Why? Because that helps us reconnect with our original purpose, right? Why does God want us to pray? Because we can get so busy talking to other people that we forget to talk to God who is our source. And that doesn't, that takes away our relationship. And then the same thing's true with, with fasting that we can get so caught up in the busyness of life and providing for our own needs that we forget to, and we fail to recognize that we need to reconnect. So all of these things, man, we can either do it for earthly rewards or we can do it for heavenly reconnection. We can do things for earthly rewards or for heavenly reconnection. And only you know that. Only you know what your heart has been. But as for me, there have been numerous times where I have looked forward to the applause, whether it's preaching a sermon, right, whether it's being known as the chaplain, like when I wear my uniform in the military, it's got the cross on it. And so when people see me coming, man, they get excited or they, they, they see that I'm something you know different. I'm set apart from the other things that are normal in military culture, right? The same thing is true. Of our spiritual life that God doesn't want us to do things for earthly recognition he wants us to do it for heavenly reconnection so my prayer for you as we finish this section is, is I want you to do a heart check and I need to do a heart check too am I doing the things of the faith right am I practicing all of these things in order to be recognized by people or am I doing it to get reconnection with God only you know that but We have to ask ourselves, are we doing things for earthly recognition or for heavenly reconnection? I pray for you and for me that we would do that heart check and say, God, we want to reconnect with you to get out of the busyness of life of building our own kingdom and get focused on building your kingdom. Help us to recognize that these earthly pleasures are temporary, but your kingdom lasts forever. So let's not do things for earthly recognition, let's do it for heavenly reconnection. And when we do that, we'll find that there actually is a deeper meaning and a deeper connection and a deeper satisfaction that can only come from God. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We pray that God uses it to inform your mind, improve your life, and ignite your heart with a renewed passion to impact others for the kingdom of God. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue along with us on this journey of restoration living.